Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who can never resist a good butt joint joke. Mark, <laughs> Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's Wood Talk number 415 for October 23rd, 2017. On today's show, we're going to talk about woodworking, continuing education, buying a saw stop, and investing in the shop. Before we get to that, we should thank some folks who helped us out on Patreon and also through other donations like Larry Spitz, uh, Mike S., Harvey Brotman, Sakari, not even going to try it, starts with an H, Adam Medley, Ian Enderby, and John Graff. Thank you so much for helping us out, folks. And if you want to do that too, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash woodtalk. And there's multiple levels that you can contribute. It is a monthly contribution. And if you go to the $4 or higher level, you get asked uh, once a week, very last minute like, <laughs> we will post and say, hey, got any questions for the show? Because I usually remember just a couple hours before we hit record. Uh, if that. If that. If we're lucky. So, But anyway, patreon.com slash woodtalk is where you can go for all that info. And we, of course, appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for helping uh, encourage us to continue doing the show and, and not quit. That was a close call a couple weeks ago, but uh, we're, we're back on track now. For so, now. For now, for the moment. I think the schedule is working, <laughs> though still, Shannon goes, hey, so regular recording time today? And I'm like, oh, we don't have another one like in the bank that I could just publish? <laughs> it's really nice that on that Friday when that happens. What I find funny is the number of questions I was looking through the uh, forum responses this week, and there's several people who are like, well, since you like hinted at maybe quitting, I guess I better get a question in yeah. before you quit. <laughs> so it's like the, there's now this threat. You yeah, know, people are scared. You want to put in questions? You better do it now. The show's on the block. You never know. <laughs> Any week now, we could just end it. Okay, well, let's get to what's on the bench. Uh, I had a pretty busy week and will continue having a busy week. Uh, the next week, I'm actually traveling. You know, I don't like to leave home, but I'm going to because the sponsor said so. <laughs> so uh, I mean, Matt knows what that's like, right, Matt? Oh, it's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> um, 
I won't be going to Europe, uh, but I will be going to a very strange place called Tennessee and uh, doing oh, a yeah. whole Powermatic yeah. thing there. So that it should be good. I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, last week, I went to the Colorado Woodworkers Association. They had their monthly meeting, and I was able to just do a little talk on on finishing, a little bit of a spiel. And it was great. It was a, a nice turnout. There was a lot of active members. It was one of those um, one of those times. Usually, like these meetings, they have show and tell, right? And the work is typically, you know, what you might expect from a hobbyist club. And I brought some of my stuff. <laughs> and that wasn't meant to be an insult. It was just, hmm. it's very generic comment. So trying to, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, Especially seriously, some distance between us and that comment. Yeah, yeah let's just. I'm gonna give you a pass on that. Can one. we not dwell on that and forget that I said it, please? Um, so I brought uh, like my tilt top table, and the reason I did it was because it had a particular finish on it, and I could only bring. I wanted to bring things that represented the types of finish I wanted to talk about. So I wasn't picking projects to show, hey, look how good of a woodworker I am. It was examples of finishes. So I've got my little tilt top table there, and this one guy, I think the guy's name was Rich Richard, and he comes up with this gorgeous federal style table. With all the, like the the bellflower inlay and all that stuff, I mean, that, the, if you ever seen federal stuff, if you haven't, look it up. Um, it's not a style that I actually like in terms of like just my taste, but as as a woodworker, holy smokes, I can appreciate some some federal business. But anyway, this guy shows off this beautiful federal table, and then I walk up there as like the you know the guest quote unquote instructor, and I'm like, oh, here's my here's my tilted table. It's made of cherry. You know, it's like. I just felt very inadequate once I went up there. It felt, yay. Yeah, but but they, they check it out. I even added this uh, this latch to it last week. Um, right. I love that you just added that. Like five years later. Dude, I had the hardware sitting here for five years. You know how long it took me to install it? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. It yeah. took me if five years neat, to get to it. It would take me longer to find it after five years. <laughs> That's right. Mine was safely ah. tucked away inside a cabinet. But... Uh, so yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. A lot of talented woodworkers there. Very um, excited crowd and a knowledgeable crowd. It was uh, some good conversations that came out of it. Had a lot of fun. So I like the uh, Colorado woodworker guys and gals. There was mostly guys. Though. It's always a sausage party, but you know, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. I'm sorry. Oh, and here's the best part. Right, we're in the basement of a rockler. And uh, I, that's where they have like just their educational courses, seminars and, and, and classes and things occur down there. And in the middle of my, my talk, I'm hearing this. It sounds like a jazzercise class coming from like an adjacent room. So the, the, the oh, please tell me it was no, even better. It was a pole dancing class. What? Yeah. Slightly that's awesome. Because I was like, I was like, and I just kind of looked at the people in the crowd. I'm like, is, is this normal? Like, what, what is with this sound? And I said, it sounds like a jazzercise class. And he's like, no, actually, it's a pole dancing class. I said, well, what the heck are we doing here? Like, so let's go. Was that offered by the Colorado Woodworkers Association? It was, I don't know if it's maybe you have to like pay extra for that extra feature. Like, I don't know. Was it the same sausage fest and the pole dancing? Oh, oh I hope so, I because man, that would be worth it. <laughs> based on the based on the pictures you texted us, that I want to see. Yeah. That would be awesome. Oh. <laughs> that would be something else, let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, great bunch of people. Um I definitely will pay my dues and uh I don't know if I'll be able to go to meetings because you know, life and stuff, but uh I definitely like to be a part of it. Uh, the other thing is I started my jewelry box. So that was cool. I got a bunch of boards from a bunch, I mean, two from Gobi Walnut and my gosh, do they have some amazing stuff there? These two Walnut boards, if you haven't followed my, my social, uh, media stuff, I've, I've posted some pictures of this curly Walnut 
and it it's it's stuff that I probably don't even deserve to own. It's it's really that good. <laughs> like you know when you just get material should've, that you're like should have given it to the guy who made that federal table. Yeah, hold on, let me go find Richard and give him this walnut because that, <laughs> I'm not worthy of this material. <laughs> So yeah, it's really gorgeous. I can't wait to see this thing come together, but the jewelry box is uh, in full swing uh, at this point. And one thing I realized, when you post highly figured wood, I don't know what it is, but there's always a certain percentage of people who make you feel like what you're doing with it is not worthy and what you should be doing with it is making a guitar. Yes. You ever find that, right? And it's like <laughs> it's oh, always the yeah. guitar. It's like it's it's wasted unless it's a guitar. But you know what? Guitars are wasted on people who don't play them. Like <laughs> if I made a guitar, it would be the worst use of that material cuz Nicole doesn't play oh. a guitar and she can't store her jewelry in a guitar. That's that's <laughs> incredible. I think of the number of guitars like sitting in the background in places, you know, in apartments that never get played. Yeah. You know, Seriously. You know, a lot of people who play guitar whose guitar is wasted on them or tried to play right. guitar and like, I gave up on it later. Yeah. I mean, the, the end all be all destination for highly figured wood is not a guitar. If you play guitar, then sure. Yeah, it is. But for everybody else, it's other stuff, you know, like other items you might use. So yeah. that's really about it for me. What you got going on, Matt? Ah, you know, still doing this high boy thing. Making a high boy. As you, as you, as you might know. What are we, I, like 15, 15 videos in? Uh, I just sent you number 16, right? I, yeah, I think you're right. I got to publish that one. I think you may break 17. The guild, you may break the guild record on this one. What is the record? Because I'm pretty sure I will break it. You may have already broken it. <laughs> I think it might have been the Rubo. I don't know what the number is, but it was, I don't think I've gone past 15. Uh, this will be like... I'm projecting right now it'll be 22, 23. So if we look at the calendar, there may be a shot that I finish this jewelry box before. <laughs> you oh, you the most definitely will. Uh, at this rate, it's. Well, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up. There may be a shot that I'll finish the jewelry box before you finish a high boy. Come on. Of course you will. <laughs> no, but you gotta. He, I mean, of course. Yeah. If we started at the same time, that would be ridiculous. But he's like, he's months ahead at this point. Not, but still, not to take anything away. It's a massive project. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. I can't believe that you talked me into doing this. Dude, Sculpted Rocker. <laughs> Sculpted Rocker has 24. Um, Split Top Rubo has 25. Oh. Uh, so we'll you, you're, you're going to get close. It's going to be one of the <laughs> the biggest guild projects. It's going to be up there Definitely. in that in that list. We're going to have to charge more it's for a, it. It's an extremely technical project. There's like a lot of little nuances that are in this thing. I mean, the woodworking is, it's okay. It's not, it, it's not earth shattering woodworking. Like you can cut more than 10 joints. You mm-hmm. can do slide dovetails. You can do it. Like that's the basics, but like all little intricacies to make sure everything like actually works out. And like all the little things you got to think about and all the little details you can add to make it your own. There's a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah. Yeah. There it's is crazy. It's a big project. Yeah. I mean, anyone who looked at that, at that thing and didn't think it was going to be a lot of videos and a big project wasn't looking very closely. I mean, it's, I think it's obvious that that, that's a, it's a big one. Yeah. Well, I think you got to pay close attention to that, Matt. And if you think you're going to fall short, it's time to add some secret compartments. There you go. You can't get that close to the record and and, and (laughs) you got to be the record. Two episodes. (laughs) Yeah. I can do some more design videos or something. You can spend, you you could just do like, you could do more on finishing. You spend uh, two or three videos on that. Really break it down. I don't think I want to, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't want to. A little side segment on Matt's hair care corner. You could how about uh, what you're putting in the high boy? That that's a whole video in and of itself. Probably nothing. There's nowhere to put in the house. 
We've got nowhere to put it. Actually, that's a good question. What are you doing with this thing? Um, well, we are going to be moving at some point, so I'm not super worried about it. But like, mm-hmm. I'll put it somewhere in a corner, and it'll be kind of like awkwardly placed, right? But for a while, and then I'll have somewhere to put it. But for now, yeah, it's not really going to have anywhere to go. Oh, didn't didn't he tell you it's a sandpaper cabinet? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's a shop cabinet. That'd be it's fantastic. Going to shop. Oh, I keep man. nuts and bolts and uh, you know, some I sandpaper like in it. This idea. If it wasn't so tall, I might actually do that. <laughs> you just store power tools in it, man. That that would not anger anybody. That, that would was, be awesome. I was, was going to make a tool chest this year. Well, there you go. There you go. It's already done. Uh, you need to, you need to take like a screw and put it right into the knee of the cabrio leg and then hang something on it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, hang your uh, your workbench dust brush and pan. Off yes. Of that. <laughs> oh man! You said you said you were trying to get hate mail earlier, Matt. So there you go. That'll I don't do. Get it. enough of it. So yeah, I think that might be a good way to go. Definitely for yeah, sure. That is awesome. <laughs> All right, Shannon, what do you got going on? Uh, not a whole lot. <clears throat> I, uh, I laid in bed a lot. <laughs> Lazy. Um, yeah, I, uh, I really screwed up my back last week. Mm. And uh, the good news is, is, you know, well, here's the funny thing. I, th- thank you to everybody who sent emails saying, you know, well wishes and get well soon. That was very cool. It was very touching. But it's amazing how many men my age have back problems. And I was like, I, I'm just not going to be part of that number. I gotta, I gotta fix that. Mm -hmm. Um, the good news is, is this wasn't like, Oh, I've got a bed back. I hurt myself. I actually like hurt myself doing yoga. So at least was a reason for it. (laughs) At least it wasn't like, Oh, I bent over and Oh, now I hurt real bad. No, I was in a downward dog and flipping to an upward dog and it didn't work. And yeah, something just, uh, well, yeah, it was, it was it was my own dumb fault for pushing it a little too hard. But the good news is, is I'm 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 back uh, back at it. And uh, the postponed uh, perch stool build that I was going oh, to start yeah. last week <laughs> that starts tomorrow now. <laughs> That's right. You don't have yeah, a yoga was, class today, do you? Uh, no, I specifically <laughs> did not go today, <laughs> just in case, because I don't want to have to like go and you know how hard it is to push back a YouTube live event. The number of notifications that has to be sent in emails and mm-hmm. Facebook updates, and there's still people that show up who send email you and go, "What the hell, man? Yeah, I was there on time. Right, give me my content." So yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to cancel it again. So yeah, I've I've not taken a yoga class since it happened. Uh, I may go after the live event tomorrow just because, you know, why not? But yeah. Nice. Um, so tomorrow I'll be, I'll be making legs, turning legs, riving legs. I'm going to make an octagonal leg. Um, but by the time you're listening to this, it will have been a couple of days ago. So you mm-hmm. just have to watch the recording. I don't have to tune in for that. I want to watch it. Saturday mornings are tough though. I like well, to do 10 it. O'clock. 10 o'clock your time. Yeah. Mid. I mean, I, what I should say is weekends are, are, are tough. <laughs> Like yeah. kids yep. are home yep. 24 yep. seven. It's, it's yeah. It's all about family stuff. I can't get away from it, but well, I, lo- but I love recorded. it. <laughs> you can watch it anytime. <laughs> no, I want to watch it live though. I understand the, the, the thing I get that all the time with Friday live. Like people get upset because they can't see it live. There's something about that, that live interaction. That's a lot of fun. And then I could heckle you while I'm there. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason I, I, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a Nicole to moderate the chat room, so <laughs> most of the heckles I just miss. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> somebody was saying chat, talking smack about you. Oh, yeah, hi, Shannon. True. This is your yoga instructor. I missed you in class yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we got next here? Um, what's new? Actually, oh, I don't know. We've got a few things here too. I think Shannon oh, I- Shannon really uh, knocked it out of the park with putting stuff in this section today. 
I see okay. that. And I didn't even notice this was a sign. Must have done this weeks ago. Maybe I didn't do it. So. Oh. This is handy. So uh, Poplar Woodworking put together this lumberyard map. So you can go on their website and you can see on a map like where all these sweet lumberyards are and you can find places to buy wood. Mm-hmm. That is actually really handy. It wow. is. It's not. Uh, and they even say it's like a work in progress. You got to email somebody if you want one added to it. I saw the one that I actually primarily go to here in Denver, Austin Hardwoods, isn't on there. So I should email them and say, hey, put them on there. But yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's only what, like a week or two old mm-hmm. and it's entirely, I guess we'd call it crowdsourced. Um, so yeah, cause I, I, I posted something about this in, um, the Hanchel school forum and it was funny. There's a lot of people like, I can't believe such and such not listed. It's like, well then email yeah, them and get it. You are the, you're the one <laughs> like, who has to suggest it. <laughs> that's the whole idea. You know, that that's good stuff. And I, and I appreciate what they're doing cause they're, you know, you, there's always been wood finder, right? You know, punch in a zip code and wood finder has stopped being helpful like six years ago because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's um, I don't know for a while they did like a sponsored thing, but now it's just a lot of wholesale yards or a lot of places that aren't really lumber yards. And it's just right. become incredibly ineffective. So I appreciate that. They're not just like already populating it with a bunch of stuff and relying on people's experiences in other words, if you had a bad experience at the yard, don't list it on the map. Like, well, and why the other thing send is, other people there? Yeah, I mean, if you go at this like a traditional search for any business, you're going to find a lot of places that are just dealing with the construction industry. And they yeah. are, you know, the difference between a, a lumber yard and a hardwood dealer. And, and I think mm-hmm. find a list like this that's a concise go-to list is fantastic because a lot of times it's those little – uh, off the beaten path kind of uh, shops that you might have to call ahead of time or whatever, things like that where you can get some of the best deals, but you're not going to really find them necessarily, at least easily uh, through traditional searches. So I'm looking forward to this. It looks good. Good um, stuff. Okay. I guess I got the next one. Uh, Matt says, what's up guys. Hey, I'm <laughs> sure this has been passed around uh, by now, but if not, check it out. Phil Lowe has a five part series called the art of woodworking on his town's community channel, BevCam. So it's a YouTube playlist. We'll put that link in the show notes for you, but it just looks like, I mean, imagine taking a video class, you know, or recording a seminar with Phil Lowe. Um, it looks lengthy and informative and I, I <laughs> highly suggest you check it out. So in other words, I haven't seen it. I watched, uh, okay. I pressed play and then I did other things on different tabs in my browser while I listened. Oh yeah, this is definitely lengthy. Yes, it's good, but that's good. I mean, if you really want to sit down and and get into the the meat of the issue, that's the kind of stuff you want to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. There's different different topics. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it looks feels, good, right? Feels fairly entertaining too. So I think mm-hmm. it's probably a good. I like his accent. Thing to watch. I just think it's kind of cool that this exists, like on the community access channel. I remember um, Pete Galbert did something like this in his um, by his old shop. And it's still it's still out there. Like he he basically built a Windsor chair or talked through a Windsor chair and it was just on community access, which is kind of cool. Nice. I like it. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see this uh, next one again. Not sure where it came from, but it's called the Atomic Box and it's a YouTube video that it's another one of those like, wow, this guy is cool. Like at first I thought he was building a guitar. Like imagine, imagine making a guitar out of like a segmented turning, like little tiny blocks all laminated together, mm-hmm. but it's basically, and it might not have been a guitar, but to me, that's what I saw was a guitar. Um, imagine like this, uh, an outline of a guitar with a chest of drawers stacked inside of it. But the front of the chest of drawers is redwood. And he actually like 
singes the edge. So you get this kind of like sand shading gone, <laughs> gone wrong, like burnt on the edge. Um, it's just, it's way cool. I mean, mm-hmm. the figure in the redwood is, is really just interesting to begin with, but lots of negative space, just, just a really, really cool design. And of course he actually does a very detailed uh, build as well. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Good stuff, man. I'll tell you, this is one of those videos that if I didn't have 10 years into this and the momentum and a little bit of name recognition just from being around for a long time, like if I were new, I would watch this and say, screw it. Like what, <laughs> what, what can I contribute to the world when some dude with an artistic eye and skill is making videos like this? The, like the video content is 10 times better than mine. The, the building of what it is, it's like way more artistic than I could ever uh, come up with. You know, it's a it's very original, cool looking idea, but it's almost, I think Vanderlist and I used to talk about this all the time, like videos that we would see that make us go, why are we even bothering? So yeah, it's uh, KRT wood is the, um, the channel and, uh, he, oh, he, yeah. he does you. a fantastic yeah, job. And, and by the way, he calls it the atomic box. Cause now that I'm looking at it, maybe because it looks like a mushroom cloud. That's yeah. That's that guitar yeah. shape. I was kind of wondering the see, same thing. It looked a little more like a volcano initially, but, uh, see what, what, what does that tell you about me? I'm a peace loving kind of music loving hippie. <laughs> you just you want know? to do yoga. All he day. says mushroom cloud and I see guitar, man. Nice. Cool. <clears throat> Oh, all figured woods and guitars, right? That's all. Yeah, that's well, all that, be. that was it. That was it. Is that figured redwood. He I also thought. does. Well. Did you guys notice this? Most of the video is black and white, but then as soon yeah. as he paints the center section or dyes it with that um, uh, yellow color, then everything goes into color. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't like, seen yeah, uh, Kevin's videos. Before, oh, yeah. Exactly like that, actually. <laughs> if you haven't seen Kevin's videos before, I, I, I dropped this in here. So I'm really glad that Shannon read it. So I don't have to describe this thing because I had no idea how I was going to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Kevin's videos when he does little like crazy like art kind of pieces or yeah. like creative ridiculous things, they're all like this. Are you know, they? Like, okay. You, you watch it and you're like, "What am I even doing with my life?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm clearly <laughs> wasting my time. I'm done. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, um, I got one more here, uh, just because. Um, well, we get a lot of questions about Japanese tools, and none of us, I think, are you know, avid Japanese tool users. Mark's got some Japanese chisels. Mm-hmm. Matt, I don't know if you have any Japanese tools or not. Uh, nope. Just at Mark's shop. Yeah. I have, <laughs> well, those I are have yours, Japanese saws and that's, that's about it. But we're constantly getting questions about them. And usually my response is, you know, they're really not all that different from Western tools, but what do I know? Well, Wilbur Pan knows. And since Wilbur's been a guest host before his friend of the show, I wanted to promote this. He's got, uh, I think it's a three hour, video out on Japanese tools, kind of demystifying them, making them more accessible to the average woodworker. And just having watched some of like the teases he put out on uh, social media, as well as watching the tease video on the the page that I'll link in the show notes, it's very well produced. I mean, it's popular woodworking producing it. So they did a really good job. And uh, I'm just kind of excited to have a resource like this that I can yeah. finally point people to. <laughs> right. um, and it's by somebody who is a good friend of mine. So good job, Wilbur. It's great to see that come out. Yeah, this is good. I want to see it. And you could buy it in DVD as well as download. What's a DVD? What? Yeah, that's what I said. But why would you even buy it? I've got I've gotten two requests today <laughs> for hand tool school content on DVD. So apparently there are people out there who want DVDs. So good for uh, popular woodworking for still doing both. I, I guess. I think I'll dig up my DVD burner. I got that somewhere still. Somewhere. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Not on my computer. I replace it with hard drives. 
you're using it as a sticker between slabs, probably. <laughs> probably. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> With your zip drive and your stack of 3.5 floppies. He's got it's a so, cup holder now. He's got so many logs, he's got to find all this extra stuff to use as stickers. He's running out of material. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to our kickback. You guys give us a little feedback on things you've heard on previous shows. We've got something here from Josh talking about content creation. It is a three-minute voicemail, so uh, I'm going to take a pee break. Hey, Mark, Matt, and Shannon. This is Josh from Michigan. Um, I just wanted to give you some kickback and feedback on your um, question that you addressed and brought up in um, episode 414 where you're talking about content creation. Um, you know, I fell into the trap as well of getting into creating videos and putting them on YouTube and then didn't see much of a response. Um, I did have a couple of videos, you know, get some good numbers, but... Um, I quickly chased those numbers and tried to seek the approval of all these people that I followed. You know, I tried to get the attention of them. Um, and I've certainly learned a great deal from you, uh, Matt and Shannon and others um, in this woodworking community. But, you know, I think sometimes we overthink it. We overthink our purpose, you know. And once we think we have to, like, nail down our purpose right away, you know, whether or not it's content creation or selling your products, you know. Or making custom furniture, but I think you can do a little bit of both. You know, why not try? Why not do both? Why not um, make videos, um, post your stuff on Instagram to gain uh, more um, uh, customers, I guess. But you know, just if all you want to do is build furniture for your home, there's nothing wrong with with selling uh, projects, uh, selling some things for a short period of time, just to fund those those projects that you want to build for your home. Um, so put your stuff on Etsy or, um, advertise your stuff on Facebook or whatever, trying to get some sales, you know, and it doesn't have to be this lifelong commitment that I think we sometimes associate with that. Well, I have to to make videos and I have to keep going. I have to stay consistent with those. Um, no, I think you can do those things for a short period of time to just fund your hobby. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is I just want to make projects and maybe sell some some pens and different things out there just to fund the projects to, so I can make the projects that I want to make in my shop for my family. And if that's, and that's okay. And I think I heard this tip from, from Brad from uh, made for profit podcast. He was talking about that. Um, you know, you don't have to commit yourself lifelong to making videos or going to craft shows. You know, if you can uh, dabble in that, go to a craft show, try it out. And if you don't like it, fine. Um, you can dabble in making custom furniture, um, and that's okay. Um, you don't have to nail down your purpose right away. I think it's good to try these things out because um, then you find out, um, you know, maybe it's not for you. But anyway, guys, thanks for the um, for the show. Thanks for not quitting. Appreciate it. Um, I look forward to hearing your response or answer on the show. Take care. I don't think that's ever going to get old. Like, thank you for not <laughs> quitting. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anytime. That's what we're here for. This is what your boss should tell you every single day when you walk in the office if you have a day job. Yeah, I mean, it really no, makes you feel get you going. You feel appreciated. Thank you for not quitting. Thank you for coming in today and not quitting. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic. Okay, we got another one here. I'm having a little bit of a mouse difficulty. I think I need to swap my batteries out. But let me uh, get this voicemail going here. Where is Scott's voicemail? Okay, hold on. There it is. Hey guys, it's Scott down in sunny Arizona. Mark, we miss you, man. I've got a question regarding buying wood that has wax on it. Uh, I just picked up some Gaboon Ebony, and it does 
or it is covered in wax. And I bought it about a month ago. And when I brought it into the shop, I scraped all of the wax off of the faces and I left the wax on the end grain. And I just used a, like a paint scraper uh, just to get the majority of the wax off. And when I first brought it in, the moisture content was 18%. And today it's still sitting at 18%. So a couple of days ago, um, I decided to run this over the joiner, just the faces, um, to get all of the wax off and you know see if that would uh, help with the drying process. So um, again, this was a couple of days ago that I ran it over the joiner. And now today I'm seeing, I'm starting to see some surface checking. And so I'm at the point now where I'm just trying to figure out what's the best method to acclimate, you know, something like this to your shop. Uh, any input you guys have, I'd appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Thanks. All right. I don't deal with wax covered stuff very often. Uh, what do you guys say on this one? Well, it, I don't know that it really matters what it was covered in, um, but the fact that there was still a high amount of moisture once he checked it, mm -hmm. to me, I would have said, oh, I'm going to put, <laughs> I need to put something back onto it. Um, because uh, especially this time of year, as I'm just starting to turn the heater on in the house, uh, my average uh, equilibrium moisture content is around 11% in here, but it plummets to like 7%. Like, like five minutes after the yeah. heater goes on, everything drops <laughs> dramatically. Mm -hmm. So if I took a reading and I saw 18%, I would have immediately recoded it with, you know, I wouldn't, I don't use wax. I would use anchor seal um, or even like slapping on some paste wax, anything Something. to slow down that exchange. The problem with ebony is it is so incredibly dense that there's, there's no, there's no dead space in the structure itself. So as it starts to um, shrink, as it drops moisture, all it's going to do is crack. Um, the only way to get ebony to dry without it checking is do it very slowly. So um, <clears throat> at this point, he needs to recode it. Um, grab some anchor seal. That stuff works great. Um, you can buy it by the gallon, buy it by the pint. I think you can even get a quart. No, you can get a quart. I don't think you can get a pint. That would be a little silly. You can get a pail. <laughs> pail. You could buy some <laughs> Elmer's buy glue. glue. <laughs> Mix some water and Elmer's glue, and now you have a fixative, and that's kind of sort of the same thing, but not really. Um, you just got to put something on there. You've got to slow that moisture exchange. Um, because it's going to dump it fast. Um, if you're even if your equilibrium is twelve percent, that's still a six percent differential. That on a small blank like that, it's going to want to take that up mm -hmm. pretty quickly. So yeah, sorry that your ebony is checked, um, but that's probably why they put wax on it in the first place. Yeah, and wax ebony. like wax really slows it down. I mean, that's why they do that on turning blanks because they can just dip it. It's super easy, but it also so much of that stuff is like really crazy exotics are highly figured and should be in guitars. So right. it's <laughs> the only logical place. <laughs> right. The only uh. possible use is in a guitar. So they dip it in wax because it really, really retards uh. Uh, the, the moisture loss. Sure. So. Sure. Uh, by the way, the, that was Scott Saganti. He has a channel called Sonoran Woodshop with some really good videos on there. And uh, Scott's a good buddy. Actually, I miss Scott. One of the few things I miss about Arizona. <laughs> uh, oh, Anyway, That's very nice. Isn't that very nice like of me that. to say? I'm such a nice guy. Um, I missed a kickback here from Kevin regarding router flattening, so let's listen to that one real quick. 
Hey, this is Kevin from Belgium. Love the show. This is a kickback to the guy, uh, let's call him Leon, I don't remember his name, that was having issue with his router flattening jig, uh, leaving stripes of, on his wood. I had the same issue when flattening a wood cookie for an end table, and then I found out that uh, even though my bit was square and the shaft was perfectly aligned on my router, then the depth stop was located on the side, and so pushing it to reach the depth, I accidentally pushed too hard, thereby bending the support of the router ever so slightly, and that resulted in my bit being not square to the surface I was cutting and leaving stripes. So this might be what's happening to Leon. And the simple fix is to reach the depth as usual, then unlock the depth stop and release the tension, or simply not be a brutal moron like me when lowering the router. I tested that and the cut quality improved dramatically. Anyway, I hope this helps Paul Leon get better results on his project. Keep up the good work and have a nice show. Very nice. I give Kevin a 9 out of 10 for accents on this show. That's good. May we. Honestly. It was like, like Hercule Poirot called in right there. I loved it. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing that, could, that might be able to beat Kevin in this is a young Australian like little girl. That is one of the most adorable <laughs> accents you will ever hear in your life. So anybody who has a young uh, like daughter or a you know niece or some 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 young, I'm thinking like maybe six years old, seven years old with an Australian accent, freaking right. adorable. Have her call in and leave a woodworking question. That would be fantastic. I'm gonna say Stu from Stu's shed, but your daughter's now too old. Sorry. Yeah, if you're Mark like Mark like some young. Oh, <laughs> easy, wait a easy, oh, easy. It, hey, is, oh, that oh. was. Not even where it should go. You're terrible. Uh, okay. And it, we do have another voicemail question for, I guess uh, this will be for Shannon mostly. Uh, this is from Eric, and he's got some wide plywood. Hi, Matt, Mark, and Shannon. This is Eric, the not-so-old old man woodworker. Recently, I got a delivery of uh, three-quarter-inch birch from an industrial plywood dealer near me in Reading, Pennsylvania. And to my surprise, the uh, 4x8 sheets of plywood I had ordered were actually 48 and a half inches wide. Is this some weird European standard or something I've never heard of before? It's actually kind of nice because uh, get that little extra part out of there sometimes. I appreciate your help. I gotta go take care of some squirrels on the bird feeder. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. He's the He's the guy who sounds like an old man, even though he's not. I don't know. He sounds a little bit like Ron Swanson when he starts out there. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. Nick Offerman's calling. <laughs> hey, awesome. you guys want Finally. him on the show. Here he is. Well, okay. this is interesting because um, it is actually not a European plywood. It is a North American plywood. Hmm. Domestic plywood is made at 48 and a half by 96 and a half because they do not guarantee that the edges are square. So they make them oversized so that the user can, if necessary, square up the edge um, after the fact. They try to make them square, but you know what happens um, between press and shipping and all that fun stuff. So, um, which is the other thing. If you think that that factory edge is your reference edge, you might want to rethink that because it's not always. Sometimes it is. Don't get me wrong. A lot of times it's it's pretty dang close. But um, domestic plywood mills manufacturers will specifically make it oversized. It is the Chinese plywood that is dead on 48 by 96. And guess what? It is not flat and square. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I actually asked my uh, plywood buyer on this just before the show to verify that I was right. 
um, on this and that there wasn't something else if it was like a mill by mill thing. And according to him, the spec in North America is 48 and a half by 96 and a half. The other sizes are, um, I don't know whether they're definitely European. He did say there are some variants in the European stuff because they're actually working on a millimeter scale. Mm -hmm. But the Chinese stuff uh, is definitely 48 by 96. So most Hmm. of the stuff, like if all your plywood experience is Home Depot, 48 by 96, yeah, it's because it's all Chinese plywood. Huh. Why, that's why it's so cheap. I was wondering if you guys would want to join me in a class action lawsuit against these companies. Because when I buy a four by eight sheet, I don't want a half inch extra on both sides. I would like exactly what I paid for. I ordered a 50, damn it. I don't want 21 ounces of coffee. <laughs> Do you think we could win that? How I think they're, you? let's go the other way with this. Really? Uh, didn't give me too much. <laughs> didn't somebody win in a lawsuit against McDonald's on the whole supersize thing? Like you're making me fat because of the supersize thing. Oh, I don't know. So we could make some sort of similar case and say there was a precedent there that because my plywood's oversized, you have made me lazy. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. I can't, I can't even. I can't because, even get because the plywood's oversized. I injured myself due to the added weight. That ex- yes, extra that half inch. Yeah. 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 Well, it's an extra inch, extra two. Wow, you know. Well, do the math. Yeah. Do the math. Yeah. You know. that's a substantial weight. It is square footage there. I wasn't prepared for that. My table saw can't handle it. Okay, let's get to our emails here. Uh, first one I've got is from Bob. He says, when I started woodworking, I subscribed. Uh, this is Bob DeVries, by the way, our good buddy. You know, he actually sent oh. me a picture of Matt Vanderlist, a Matt Vanderlist sighting in an airport. <laughs> Bob ran into <laughs> Matt, and he took a picture of Matt and sent that picture to me. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And then Matt texts me, and he goes, yeah, some weird guy took my picture in an airport. You might be getting it soon. <laughs> no but seriously everybody knows bob he's a good guy um so he says when i started woodworking and i subscribed to about every source of information i could as i learned i reduced my intake and was more discerning of my information sources ironically he still listens to this show yeah i was gonna (laughs) say that's a little weird uh the three (laughs) of you are well advanced in the craft and i wonder where you get your continuing education from okay well this is one of the things that i gripe about the most uh when it comes to the, the job of content creation and how that actually gets in the way of my personal progress as a woodworker. Um, I, I know enough to be serviceable in a lot of different areas of woodworking and to teach it. Right. But I, I but I still have cut myself short into more advanced topics and experimental topics. I probably will not be, be building a atomic cabinet or whatever he called that thing. <laughs> I will not be building one of those anytime soon. Uh, or at least, you know, thinking of that, that's not where my head goes. Um, so it's it is sometimes a little bit depressing to me uh, that that I feel like my growth as a woodworker is a little bit um, stunted by the fact that I'm constantly teaching and constantly putting out content. That said, the places I do still get my information. Um, I haven't taken one in a while, but I love taking classes. And uh, you guys, both of you, can attest to this as well. Being able to go to that class and just unplug for you know five days, however long it is, and only be focused on making that project and doing woodworking, talking woodworking, and learning as you go is one of the best experiences uh, that you can have as a woodworker. So I enjoy that, and that allows me to learn directly from a woodworker I'm influenced by or that I admire. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think my learning generally as a, as a producer and teacher is very targeted. Like there's, how do I put this? There's no, there's no passive learning anymore. I don't have enough time to just watch stuff because it's woodworking 
and then I pick up mm-hmm. what I pick up. That doesn't happen anymore. I just don't have enough time uh, with family life and, and other things I have to do. So the learning I do these days is very deliberate and focused. I have to seek it out. I hit a point on something that I'm not familiar with. For instance, uh, the resin casting for the Woodworkers Fighting Cancer Project. I mean, I've worked with epoxy, but I've never done casting. So I didn't just go and watch all of Peter Brown's videos. I just called Peter Brown and said, hey, man, I need some help. <laughs> and he gave me some tips and pointers from, you know, as a person with a lot of experience. And I learned a lot about it. But it was very targeted because I needed it at that moment. So I do kind of, uh, you know, I sort of pine for the days when I used to just have enough time to just peruse stuff and watch stuff for the fun of it and pick up what I pick up because this is just what, you know, how I choose to spend my time. So I'm curious, just very quickly from you guys, um, how would you answer this question? Uh, very similar. Um, I don't, I look for very, very specific things. Um, and when I do go looking for information, it's usually because I'm really far down some rabbit hole Mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, you know, when I, when I started building Windsor chairs, I was like, okay, I learned to build a stackback chair. Now I want to do like cooler types of chairs. And I sought out you know, Pete Galbert, Curtis Buchanan, guys have been doing it for years and years and years with very specific questions. Mm-hmm. Like this perch that I'm going to build this weekend, the, the the beauty of the perch is it's designed for whoever is sitting in it. So it's a very ergonomic stool. <clears throat> so there really aren't a lot of plans floating out there. So what I did was talk to, to Curtis and said, <laughs> this is what I love. This is how you know you found the right resource. Curious about, you know, some of the angles in the seat. He's like, well, I've only built 19 of them. So here's what I think, you know, I was like, okay, I've come to the right place. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, just like you said, Mark, it's usually a very specific question. It's not, how do I build this stool? It's what is the best result and angle for the front leg on a perch stool? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, now you've got something to go from there. Right. If it is more general learning, it's because I'm like going to a whole new world. Like I want to learn more about marketry. So, you know, I just look for marketry stuff. Um, yeah. Carving, but, things like that. But even then, I'm probably going to go take a class at that point. Right. What about you, Matt? Uh, probably like very similar to you guys because I just don't have time or I don't even know like the desire to be absorbing as much information as I used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I used to subscribe to every single woodworking magazine. I read them all. Every single issue, I read them all. I bought back issues, read all those. I bought books and read all those. I haven't read anything in like a couple of years now. And like before I started getting into video production, I used to watch a lot of the videos on YouTube, like everything, like anything that came into my subscription feed, I just go down and watch them all. I watch literally everything. Mm -hmm. And I just don't have the time to do that anymore. So now it's kind of more of a passive thing. I'll watch a few videos here and there and kind of pick up some things here and there, maybe in passing. Uh, Instagram has been a pretty big one now, uh, depending on what I see in my feed. I might pick up something from there, but it's all like these like things that I kind of like put in my back pocket for the future yeah. that might come in handy. And then if I have a specific thing, like Shannon was mentioning, something like that, then I'll go and seek out a specific answer, but it's not going to be something super broad. It's going to be a very specific question about something specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's like you're more stockpiling inspiration than how yes. to, 
Right. Yeah. You know, like Mark was saying, it's not like, yeah, I feel pretty good about just about anything. I mean, woodworking is really not that complex. Right. Like what you say, Matt, there's like a sliding dovetail and some mortise and tenons, right? <laughs> in, the, in the high boy and the rest is just fiddling. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's kind of all the same from one project to another. But what you really need is inspiration. You need somebody building atomic boxes that you can look at and go, <laughs> right. I really like that aspect. I want to incorporate that into my next my next project. And that's, I think, why Instagram is kind of taken off from a um, woodworking community perspective is because mm-hmm. it is so visual, you know, or, or like the learning I'm doing is not really woodworking, but like I've bought design books and, and read like design stuff mm-hmm. like it had nothing to do with furniture, had nothing to do with 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 any particular product. It was design principles. And that's where I find myself focusing my learning now it's less in woodworking and more about kind of overarching topics. Sure. Makes sense. All right, Matt, your question's up. All right. Uh, well, there we go. Hi guys. So my husband listens to your show all the time and I have to say you guys are very entertaining. Ooh. Wow. All right. Look at us. All right. Our road trips consist <laughs> of listening to wood talk or children's music. I definitely prefer your voices. <laughs> Over the itsy bitsy spider. <laughs> oh come on! Everybody what loves what about our voices doing the itsy bitsy spider? Yeah, let's do it. Itsy bitsy spider. When I the water spout. Okay. Down came the rain, and everybody stopped singing. Everybody, back Matt. I'm gonna sing it a diminished fifth away from Matt to make it sound evil. Dude, you know the cutest thing? It's like a stupid parenting thing. But Ava now, she's starting to do the little spider thing. So every time she hears that song, she puts her hands up. It's adorable. Anyway. Oh yeah. It's actually pretty cute. Jared did that. You know, you trained about. a nice little, nice little Pavlovian dog. She just job. does. She doesn't do any movement. She just makes a diamond shape with her fingers and keeps it above her head. So. <laughs> you know what I mean, Daddy. She, she's not. You know? She's not that advanced yet. <laughs> <laughs> as long as she's not making beaver hearts, we're, we're good. <laughs> yeah. God. That, that calls for disciplinary action. Yeah, there would be a problem if that was happening. <laughs> oh, I gotta find my spot in this. Anyways. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Uh, PCS 175 has been on my husband's wish list for a long time. As a woman, I would love to see new countertops and backsplash in my kitchen instead of another table saw. Another table saw. Nice. It's getting two table saws. He's going to keep the old one, too. Woo! But then <laughs> this, could, this could potentially save some fingers or even a hand from being cut off. Maybe I could see that as an investment. So since I've never been able to surprise my husband with anything, I thought this might be a good time to finally do that. But there's where my my questions come in. What do I get? Where should I look? We live in northern Minnesota, so obviously buying on the internet is a must. There's different fence sizes. Is larger than 36 inches necessary? Any tips you have are much appreciated. Thanks, guys. Mm. Uh, this is fun. So, this is really this fun. Is, this is kind of an interesting one because... I don't know. It depends on uh, what he does, I guess. So, like me, for me personally, 36 inch rip fence is actually more than I need. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I might actually, I'm not going to cut the rails because I don't really feel like doing it, but I could cut the rails and not have a problem because I never need to rip anything that wide. And I just don't have a shop that's big enough to make big cuts like that anyway. So for me, the stuff that I do, 36 inches is fine. So I have the sauce up, um, PCS with the three horsepower, whatever that one is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. model numbers. I have that one. It's got a 36-inch fence. Um, where you get it, if you want to buy it online, I'm, I'm pretty sure SawStuff has like a pretty good like price-fixing policy, so you really aren't going to get a better deal anywhere, right. as far as I know. Right, um, yeah. So 
the biggest thing about buying it online and having it shipped to you is receiving that freight delivery. If you've never done that before, have to deal with that. That's another experience in itself um, because you have to make sure you order the liftgate service unless you have a loading dock or a forklift at your residence. Um, and then the drivers are not actually obligated to move the item past your curb. Uh, so I've had, it's kind of interesting too, because like when I first started getting machines like six years ago, the drivers would just, they, they said, we're not supposed to do it like when they skilled the appointment, but then the drivers would be like, okay, where you want it? And they put it wherever I want. And I wouldn't right. have to worry about this machine sitting in my driveway. They would mm-hmm. offer to move it wherever I wanted to. Now, recently, like in the last couple of years, no matter what carrier, they're all really stagnant or stingent about it. Where it's like, all right, I'm here, I'm dropping it, sign it, and we'll go. Oh, really? They don't. Yeah, they don't put it anywhere. They don't even offer anymore, and it's just really weird. See, um, Matt, I used to I, every time that would happen, I would tip the driver. It's because you weren't tipping. Now they're like that Kremota dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't even offer. You're on the list. Time. <laughs> you you have made it on the list, and all the common carrier drivers. Yeah, they like, all know. Kremota, Guys, I was going to say, I still get the, the curb. I still, I get these guys to put it in my garage. I used yeah. to be able to. Like, like they brought my jointer into the garage, just fine. The guy backed the truck down my driveway too. Yeah. It, was, well, it was weird, but I don't know. Maybe this is going to be a little sexist, but if you're home and you're a woman, he'll probably put it in the driveway in the garage for you. Because like the fact, jo- hold on, <laughs> just step back. I would just like to cut that part out. If you're home and you're a woman, but just like. <laughs> Your imagination can go wild with what you could have gone gone. Here's the thing. Like when Lindsay was pregnant, I would send her to Menards to get the supplies for stuff because the guys would load all the stuff for her. Yeah. No one (laughs) that's awesome. No one offers when I'm there. They'll walk by me. I'm moving stacks of concrete. No one offers. I'll send her to buy twenty-six bags of sixty pound or eighty pound bags (laughs) of mix. They'll load the whole truck for her. Yeah. And she comes home. And now it's weird. It's just the world we live in. You gotta but show anyway. a little leg, Matt. Just you know, I'm there like half nude. They're like cover up, dude. Now we want to see. I'm like I'm trying to get some free service over here. Not working. <laughs> Need to uh, do a consultation with Kyle Toth. Figure out how he manages to pull it off. He's very good at that. Somehow, <laughs> walking around naked. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of skill, but just keep from getting caught, I suppose. So anyway, back to the question. It sounds like he kind of knows what he wants. He's kind of made that clear. So just get what he says he wants and then uh, hopefully get it into the shop for him and surprise him that way. Otherwise, surprise, honey, there's this thing at the end of the driveway. It weighs, you know, 500 pounds. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know. Who, it's oh, blocking any, your car in, so you're going to have to yeah, move you can't it get you into the driveway today. I don't know any woodworker who'd be upset by that. <laughs> Seriously. If I see something, it doesn't, even if I, I ordered it, I know it's coming. When I come home and I see like a delivery that's there for me, I get excited about it. So yeah. he'll be fine. But I think I'm going to agree with you on that, Matt. I think uh, he doesn't need to go much larger unless he's doing specific things. He's probably going to be okay with that 36. Uh, Amazon has a lot of sheet goods. I can't right. imagine most people would need that full. Totally. The, like I've seen yours. It's just a place for you to put crap. It is. It's, it's too <laughs> much room. I actually don't need it. <laughs> it's just extra space that never gets used. And I uh, put like a miter gauge over there. Uh, the other thing is places to buy. Like you said, it's generally fixed pricing. You're not going to see much, but keep keep in mind, I think every spring is it, which may not work for her timing, um, but I think they usually do the free mobile base deal. Yeah. And that's probably as good of a deal as you're going to possibly get. And once that's on, you can get that with any vendor. You know, So you might, you might want to give her your Amazon affiliate code and send her that link, Matt. 
Oh yeah. I mean, if she's got to make idea. a purchase and she wants, doesn't care where she buys it from, why not go from Amazon? Um, Tip on the uh, the LiftGate service. At some point when you buy something like that, you will frequently get a call uh, from the freight company and they usually schedule the delivery. That is your point. And they don't tell you this, but this goes back to what Matt was saying. That's your point to say, oh, by the way, I need a LiftGate. Because if yeah. you don't, chances are they may show up without one and then you're like, okay, what now? Because you obviously need a LiftGate to get it into a residential location. Um, so when they call to confirm your shipment, that's when you want to make sure they know about it. Good. And FYI, there's generally an upcharge for that. Yep. Yeah. Most carriers, which is why when, when the carrier is booked, like a lot of times, like if you order from Grizzly, there's a little checkbox that says, do you need a lift gate? Right. Because they're getting charged by, I think they use ProLogic now. Um, doesn't matter who are the carriers. They're getting charged for that lift gate um, because obviously every truck on their fleet doesn't have that. And if you need that, then that's got to be booked accordingly. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's important, but I still tip the driver anyway. <laughs> I don't. I've never tipped a driver. Well, you know. I don't have any cash. Uh, actually, what I do is, uh, here's a Tie tip. Up. Here's a tip. Here's how you use a table saw. <laughs> Not Subscribe to my YouTube channel. A woodworking here's tip. Here's my sticker. Yeah. <laughs> here's, a sticker. <laughs> here's a sticker for you. I heard these are very valuable. Stickers. Instagram well, told me they're very now. valuable. <laughs> Everyone's got them now. Here's mine. Where's yours? You, you show up to my shop without a sticker? What's wrong with Here, you? Let me let me get your woodworking career off the ground. Here's a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. Save us from uh, that, Shannon. I got a question here from David, and I'm going to uh, – David, I may abbreviate some of this. Um, basically, he runs a one-man custom cabinet shop in Denmark. Uh, my business is formerly only one year old, but I've been working for 10 years. Um, he's doing well. He's getting, uh, good feedback from his customers. He's Mm. building good stuff. But at this point, um, the, the, well, let's see the furniture he's looking for and raised panel doors, um, wardrobes, a lot of cabinetry type stuff. Um, and his customers are kind of pushing towards higher quality type stuff. So right now he does all of his work mostly on a, in a, in the Festool universe. He's using mm-hmm. a track saw to break down stuff. He's using the um, CMS um, table saw router table for the rail and style works and the cabinetry. And he feels like I, he's kind of hit a wall and he's wondering, should I make the investment to uh, a joiner planer and uh, a sliding a big sliding machine. He's done a little bit of digging around and he's talking sixteen dollars to $18,000 worth of equipment. I would be financed with a business loan. So the real question is, should I invest in the professional equipment sooner rather than later to increase speed, quality, as well as to expand my repertoire products? Or should I hold on for a bit and spend the extra time um, adjusting fences, uh, track sawing expensive goods, etc.? So I just thought that was kind of an interesting question at heart because as a, as a business owner, obviously you've got to be really concerned about overhead and what kind of expenses are going into the business. My take on this, and again, not being a business owner, um, <laughs> but having worked in businesses for many years, and this is kind of where we are at the lumber yard right now, I would rather be, if, if business is going well now and you've done the math and you, and you say, okay, this would be a, a loan, a business loan for this, but assuming you've done the math and figured out what's the payment going to be, what's that going to do to me? How long is the term? Can I actually do this? You know, in other words, the loan itself won't be a hardship. I would be more prone to do it now mm-hmm. um, because every single time I've done an upgrade or as an example, on a much larger business scale, we bought a brand new uh 
power mat molder. Now you're talking a $250,000 upgrade there, but the amount of productivity and the lower amount of heartache and like, why did we wait so long type feeling to do this? And the same thing just in my little shop, when I've updated or upgraded something, I'm like, why did I wait so long to do this? Like life is so much easier. And here's the thing. There is a very real potential when you're running a one man shop like that, a burnout. Um, and if you're finding that breaking stuff down in the festival universe, yeah, it works for you, but it takes longer. A, you're losing money because it takes longer. B, it's just going to get a little annoying and there's a, te- a, a potential for burnout and a potential of getting sloppy and injuring yourself. So if there's a way you can make the process itself more efficient, first of all, you're going to make more money in that. So that ought to pay for itself. I just, I'm not a, um, I'm not a proponent of waiting in this case, assuming you've done your homework and you're not going into a bad situation by, you know, taking out this huge loan that you can't afford to do. You got to be smart about that. But just based on, you know, how he wrote out this question, it was a very well thought out question. I feel like he's kind of already done this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say make the leap, man. If you figured out a way to make it happen, um, if it's going to uh, increase the products you can offer and decrease the time it takes to make them, it's kind of a no brainer. Well, not only that, he mentions that he doesn't have a jointer and planer, so he's buying everything pre-surface, which means he's Ooh, yeah. very yeah. limited in, in his materials and he's paying more and getting less. So that yeah. alone from day one will start in at least one aspect, saving him money that can be put against the cost of what he, uh, you know, the tools that he just acquired. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think some might say, well, is there a middle ground? Do you have to spend $16,000, $18,000 worth of equipment? I think in his case, he has a very good idea of what he's building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to middle ground, you're looking at a machine that's more flexible, right? That can offer um, kind of good of a bunch of stuff. Um, he already knows what he needs. Um, I say go there, go all the way there and get that dedicated system, that sliding um saw that European sliding saw is looking for is going to kick some serious butt when it comes to that cabinetry work when it comes to breaking down sheet goods and stuff like that. You're going to, you're just not going to find anything better. Um, that's going to be that precise. It's going to allow you to do all that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I just think it's kind of an interesting question because there's a lot of people I think who would be a little risk adverse and say, well, wait until you, you got it. And, I just don't agree. There's also a lot of people who wouldn't be, you know, risk adverse to this and would go in and <laughs> buy point. the stuff even before they have customers. So the fact that this oh, guy, yeah. <laughs> this guy's already doing well and has a shop yeah. and he's got clientele, this is only going to be a plus for him. I think this is a smart investment for him to jump, you know, go all in. Yeah, seriously. The way he's going to grow his clientele is by having his current customers go, wow, his stuff is awesome. Yeah, you good should turn go around too. time, good quality. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we should say I skipped over this, but um, I currently have five big projects lined up and 10 more in the pipeline. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think about if you increase the efficiency on those 10 in the pipeline, you would be well on your way to paying off that loan. Totally. So congratulations. Yeah, way, that's David. good. That's, that's a good awesome. story to hear. It's exciting to see her. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for the show. If you want to help us out, you just go to the iTunes store. You know, people still use iTunes. It's amazing. But they uh, a few people do. Kind of weird. It is, right? Uh, click on, uh, well, look us up first and then click on ratings and reviews and leave <laughs> us a rating that you think is consistent with our performance. 
And uh, let's see, we've got a couple fun ones here. Uh, John says, The Three Amigos, top-notch podcast. I enjoy every episode, which, unfortunately, I can't say my wife would agree. I started, see, here's a wife who doesn't like the show. <laughs> I, start, I started to give a four-star rating because I've never had my questions answered, but realized I've never asked one. Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, and then, good way uh, to get them not answered. Geekin in Utah says, Three guys who know how to talk about wood. How often do things do exactly what they say on the tin? Informative and entertaining uh, and full of giggles. What could be better? There you go. Hey. That's Matt's contribution. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> you are You're welcome, welcome, world. <laughs> All right. So, Shannon, give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. I'm still on that Three Amigos comment. I want to go watch that now. <laughs> brother to brother and everyone. The infamous Amigo. Uh, let's see. If you have comments, questions, or want to tell Mark that he should build a guitar, there are several <laughs> ways that you can do that. Send us a voicemail using your very own voice memo app and send it to woodtalkonline at gmail.com. You could also type it out, woodtalkshow.com slash contact, and uh, go to our website, woodtalkshow.com. Go to this episode, leave your comment at the bottom. There's lots of different ways you can do that. You can also find us on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Twitters and all of those fun things. So thank you for listening to our show. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Have a great woodworking week, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. It's a bit spider. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.